Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Trend Podcast, the show where we talk about trending topics from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, joined, as always, by co-host Spencer Shaw. And we're back. Yes. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back after our break and after an hour and a half of trying to trying to get this, this to work. Oh, man. Everybody, uh, I'm, I'm the resident tech guy for most people uh, where I am, and uh, it's really kind of scary when I think about it, but uh, it's nice when people have a tiny problem that's super easily solved, and you just go in there after they've spent an hour and go, you know, click, click, and it's all fixed. They think that you're incredible. And then there's this stuff behind the scenes where we spend an hour and a half trying to figure out why in the world we can't uh, record anything. Yeah. Tumbling. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. It's fun. Uh, it's fun trying to figure everything out. We are back uh, after a, a little bit of a hiatus, just schedules and things, summer and school and all that going on. Uh, we kind of got a little, uh, we got busy, but that's all right because we're back here today to record this. And uh, we've got some stuff to talk about, uh, but before we get to kind of the big thing, I thought that I would share, and Spencer hasn't heard this yet, I thought I would share a uh, kind of a positive news thing. I want, I want to start every episode with this, and we did talk about this, starting every episode off on kind of a positive note uh, with some funny thing or weird thing or just overall good thing in the news. Here's the one that I saw today. Mom spends, this is, this is the title of the article from the uh, New York Times here. Mom spends 25000 on exotic cars, sand, camel for, son, for son's prom. So here 20, we go. <laughs> $25,000 for prom. A camel? So, Did you say? A camel, yeah, and sand okay. for the camel. Well, of course, and, the, the camel needs sand. And uh, exotic cars. So, so let me read this to you. It's real short. We'll read this out, and this is pretty good. One Philadelphia teenager's mom took his prom to the extreme, spending 25000 on a camel, three tons of sand, and exotic cars. He brought three dates, all in custom-made gowns, and wore three different outfits himself. Uh, Sadia Schuler says she had thought of, spent, of sending her only son, Johnny Eden Jr., to Dubai for a visit. Instead, she decided to bring Dubai to Philadelphia for the formal dance. So instead of sending him off, she brought it to him. She brought the sand and the camel in the neighborhood for photos. Luxury cars, including a Rolls Royce and a Lamborghini, were on loan for the evening. And all of this, and this goes to show, for those listening, why you don't just read the title and go, oh, I know what this is about, those spoiled millennial kids. And here's the last paragraph, and this kind of puts things in perspective. Schuler says it was all worth it. She says she fought cancer and suffered from a stroke in the past few years. She told herself if she was going to make it, she would put on a big prom for her son. So it was a, uh, you know, she wasn't even sure she was going to live this long. And so she she did it up for her son because she was able to make it there. So, uh, so at first I'm like, man, it's insane. And then, uh, then it gets to the end there, and it's cool. I'm glad she uh, she's been able to to at least win in her fight with cancer thus far, uh, as yeah. well as the other health stuff going on. And uh, that's fun for the teenager, right? A camel, All his buddies. Well, maybe for him, I wouldn't. I, I'm not sure if I would want a camel. Now, I'd take the Lamborghini. 
I don't know what a car on loan means, though. They just sit there, and you get to sit in it. You get to drive. You, you those get to drive things? it. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if I. I would, What's the, that? I would be you just want to take camel. Pictures yeah. with it. But I bet they get to take the camel out first, Ben, for sure. So the insurance on the Lambo's got to be higher than the uh, insurance on the camel. Yeah, that's my guess. I got to pet a camel once. The the biggest part of this is uh, that uh, he brought three dates to the prom. And he had three different outfits. In my head, he has one different outfit for each of his dates. And he spent the whole night changing outfits to match the one, to to match each one and Mm -hmm. seeing if they would notice that he was there with two other girls. That just sounds like it would be really entertaining for him. That makes sense. I was trying to figure out the the outfit, but then I was like, you know, if you took three girls, they're all wearing different colors, then you, you got to typically you match uh, each other. That's true. So he could have um, he could have just saved the hassle of changing uh, and just gone like green pants, red jacket, blue shirt. And just really been partially matching with all of them. But that's yeah. just me. It's a convenience thing. I need to. I, have you ever worn a red suit? Like the suit itself red? Yeah, the no. whole thing is red. No. I've seen it happen before. I feel like it would be really empowering if you can pull it off. And you talk about a power tie. I cannot imagine how good that sermon would be. If you're wearing a power suit like that. We're getting off topic, but it's something to think about. Yeah. If any of you listening have preached in a red jacket or red suit uh, with the jacket and pants and maybe even the vest, we'll take that. If you've ever done that, let me know how much better your sermon was that day compared to normal. Because I'm curious. Uh, but good for this uh, good for this kid, I suppose. I mean, this is, this would have been a thing that uh, he's never going to forget it. And good for the mom uh, that yeah. she's uh, made it through what she's made it through and was able to see this day. Um, I want a pink suit. Moving on from our positive news and other news here, uh, some not-so-good stuff uh, happening lately, specifically in the area of London. Uh, there's been a lot going on over there. Two separate instances, in fact, where... Uh, uh, people have died. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, you had an incident at an Ariana Grande concert uh, in Manchester where uh, sometime towards the end of the concert, you've got all these teens and stuff at uh, a bomb goes off. And uh, a lot of people end up getting injured. Some people die. Um, Ariana canceled the rest of her tour uh, as a result of that. But then she did a... Uh, uh, a Manchester, I think it was One Love uh, benefit concert kind of thing uh, this past weekend, I believe. Had a ton of people there and uh, hosted that. And I think everything went to those that were injured and hurt. And she mm-hmm. went to the hospital to go see those people. She said she'd offer to pay for the funerals of those that passed away uh, at the concert and stuff like that. So you had that going on. And then just... Uh, just towards the end of this past week, uh, you had uh, a terror attack on a bridge there in London where yep. uh, some 
uh, some vehicles came in and, and hit people. And then there's some people who came out uh, and started stabbing people, killing them with knives and things like that. So two different uh, London attacks, uh, both of them. This is always a weird phrase, but, uh, you know, related to terror, I would, you know, and, and I don't know what they mean by that. Any kind of attack is going to be terror invoking, uh, but perhaps they mean related to a group like ISIS, which is certainly, uh, I know they took uh, credit for the Manchester thing. I don't know about the other one, uh, but uh, fears are heightened right now. In that part of the world, and it, and it really spreads throughout. Um, I've seen a lot of talk on, as a result of this, the whole refugee thing. I know Donald Trump uh, tweeted some things about that. Uh, he also tweeted some good things as as far as, uh, you know, praying for those in London and stuff like that, which people didn't take kindly to and all that, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but, but fear is heightened, and fear seems to be a a common thing these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, you and I kind of grew up to some degree in, in fear. I know that, um, generations before us, you, you walked home from school. You didn't have a problem playing out in the streets and stuff like that. And I still see that, but it's to a lesser degree because, you know, a lot of what, what our generation heard growing up and, and, and we weren't unique in this, but it seems like this is what we were around constantly was, uh, you know, don't talk to strangers. Don't, uh, you know, go, go play out in the backyard. That's fenced off. Don't go out in the front where, you know, somebody could get you or, uh, and then of course, you know, me growing up, there's here in Oklahoma, the bombing of the, the Murrah building, you know, when I'm yeah. a kid and that that's a thing that you grow up with. And then there's nine 11 when you and I are younger, uh, that those are and, things that stick with us. Uh, and, and with f- the, with the fear, what's, what's kind of, it's, you know, the fear, this is going to sound weird when I say it and I'll explain what I mean, but the fear is good, which is what makes it bad. And by that, I mean, we now live in a, in a world where these things happen. Unfortunately, they happen all too regularly. Some kind of attack like this. Yeah. A uh, bomb going off, uh, some kind of shooting, something like that. So to that extent, having some kind of fear is, is healthy because fear, if uh, to a, uh, the, the worst extent, can keep you alive, you know, just to be, because those things yeah. happen so often. And so it's good to, uh, be a little fearful, so you take steps to keep that stuff from happening. But yeah, to be cautious and be aware and stuff like that. Yeah. Because of that, it's a it's a bad thing because it's good because it can cautious keep us keep us safe. Uh, but it's it's bad because we have to do those kind of things because it's it's not a good thing that it's an unfortunate thing that stuff like this happens as often as it does and that we have to take precautions in the first place. For example, because... uh, for, for example, I think how this plays out. Uh, so a little fear is good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the Bible talks about fearing the Lord and there's a respect aspect to that, but there's also a fear because of what God is capable of and what God will do to those that aren't his, that kind of thing, which we can talk about in a moment. 
so, but there is a, a good healthy fear of things, as you said, but then there's also because things like this are so regularly occurring. One of the things I saw on Twitter was, uh, it is horrible that you have to clarify which London terrorist attack you were talking about. Just because it happens so often now mm-hmm. that you have to, well, I don't mean the one from two weeks ago. I mean the one from last week. Just It's so constant. That because of that, we're, we're living in this constant state of fear, which causes us to distrust people who, who don't deserve the distrust, right? Yeah. Uh, that... Uh, and we see this with everything, not just fear, but lumping people into groups. Uh, and we do see this, and I, I guarantee that people are going to disagree with what I'm saying here. That's fine. Uh, that you've got people that are like, well, all Muslims are are these people. They're all supporters of terrorism, or we need to ask them uh, if they support it, or we need to make sure that they're all denouncing it and things like that, as if everybody who is... Uh, you know, from that part of the world or that skin color, that they are all on board with bombing and stabbing and all that kind of stuff. But because we live in this constant state of fear, we need to distrust all those people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of the uh, that's that's one of the ways this and, plays out, and one of the results of that uh, very unhealthy fear. But it's, I mean, we've been taught to to live that way now. I think one you know, thing about, that's the place a lot of people turn to, but then uh, I I liked what uh, you can, you know, say say what you want to about uh, Trump, but one thing that he has been doing recently is working with leaders in that area of the world who are um, Muslims, who do practice uh, Islam, that don't support that thing. Sure. You know, to do things where we're working together to uh, prevent the the small minority of uh, of radicals uh, across the the globe that you that you have to work together um, you know <clears throat> uh, different countries and Christians and Muslims and can come together and uh, um, denounce those things and work to put stuff in place to help keep stuff like that from happening and from spreading and right and so that that's one positive thing that he he has done and i think that's good because of what you just said i think that does help to show that no they're not all like that the majority of them aren't aren't like that right and that they are willing to we're all hopefully willing to come to the table to find solutions and there are going to be some who argue that's that uh, uh, there are going to be some who argue, yeah, but their book says these things about infidels and stuff. And that that's true. I'm not going to dispute that. That's what the book says. Um, but again, a majority are not in that, that camp of things. Um, there are those that are, of course, and there are a lot who are, but it's not the majority. Um, and you're right. It, it's one of those things that uh, I'm glad Trump's doing this to a degree. This is something that everybody needs to be doing is treating individuals as individuals, trying to work with them to create a better place. I actually saw just while we were trying to figure out all this recording, uh, it was on Facebook. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, it wasn't cited or anything like that. Uh, so check this story for yourself. Um, and and I, I didn't check it before I said it, but it's too late. I'm bringing it up. Supposedly, uh, well, Bono was a huge critic. He's the, the singer for U2. He's a huge critic of uh, George Bush 
Sr. Uh, and was a very big critic of George Bush uh, Jr. when he got in. Is it Jr.? It wouldn't be Jr. It's not the same exact. George W. No, Bush, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huge critic of him as well. But George W., instead of firing back at him or attacking him or anything like that, he invited Bono to the White House because they both agreed that they needed to do stuff in Africa, that they needed to do something about AIDS and, and all that and get them the help they need. and all. So they actually came together and they talked and they established, supposedly from this Facebook thing, established a, a, a charity, either established it or funneled a lot of resources into it that is still going today, that is still helping people. But you have two people on different ideological spectrums here, but they're coming together for the cause that they both agree on. Uh, and working towards that end. And the Facebook story continues to go on to say that when Bono came through Texas uh, recently, he stopped by to, to see his his friend George W. Uh, you know, they even though they disagreed on so many things, they agreed on this. And because they found that yeah. as, a, as a platform to, to build a bridge on, they will have a relationship. And that's the kind of thing that, that everybody needs to be doing. Uh, now... One of the one of the biggest things I, I've seen is uh, because I'm saying things like that, people are going to say, oh, we can't just love terrorists into not doing these things anymore. Uh, this today's show is not really about what do we do about what do we do with terrorism and people who are doing terrorist things. We can talk about uh, how God has asked us to to handle our enemies uh, on a different show. But what I wanted to do today for the f- few minutes we have remaining here, is talk about instead of letting fear be the constant part of our lives that it is, uh, to replace that with a faith in God instead. I'm not saying that you will never have fear, uh, but to choose to actively say, I'm going to put the fear aside uh, and choose faith instead. And I want to read this out of Matthew chapter 10. Uh, this is... The first time the disciples are called the apostles because Christ is sending them out on the, the limited commission here in Matthew 10. They're going into some areas and, and teaching and instructing uh, some of the Jews here, and he gives them, uh, there's 15 imperatives in this section here that he tells them to go do. But then, uh, after all that, he gives them instruction. He says, persecution is going to come your way. And then in verse 26, uh, he repeats this phrase over and over again. So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered that will not be hidden, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value uh, than many sparrows. Uh, so everyone who acknowledges me before man, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So specifically, he's telling these guys, you are going to be hated. You could even be killed for the message I'm telling you to go out and preach. Do it anyway. Don't fear the people who can kill your body, but fear the one, fear God, who can kill both body and soul. Uh, but he's encouraging them faith over fear, faith in God yeah. over the fear of men, uh, and that's and I mean, that's what we need now. We we mentioned earlier about, you know, I said that 
the the fear is is good, but it's it's bad. And we mentioned about um, healthy levels of fear and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so t- you know, he's not he's not saying um, um, be you know stupid when it comes to to stuff. One thing that uh, you know sometimes <laughs> right. sometimes uh, Christians want to. Um, you know, kind of go real, uh, take that, that idea real, um, um, radically to where it's, it's almost like one, it's almost like, well, let me just say this. When, when you look at the first century church who, you know, you think of when, uh, a Nero was, was king and he went out and was killing and persecuting Christians. Right. The, the Christians were never called to go up to the, the emperor and say, Hey, I'm a Christian, kill me. You know, they met, um, right. in, in secret. They, they did things to, uh, stay alive, but not at the, the cost of their convictions. You know, right. their, their faith, uh, trumped their fear. They, they had enough uh, fear, uh, to be, to be cautious and not to, you know, it would have been, it would not have been a smart thing to just go to the the palace and say, "Hey, hey, I'm a Christian. Go ahead and, and kill me and use me to light your uh, your garden walk, walkways." But, yeah, and so that, that that's not what they did. And so I think it's important that we understand we're not asked to to put do, ourselves in harm's way to do something like like that just for the sake of doing it. Right, but but we're, the alternative to that is if if the emperor had come in with the soldiers and said. You know, are you all Christians? They would have. Yeah, you. Yes, I am. They would have you know, said. It's not a. Yes. Well, I'm afraid yeah. he's going to kill me, and so I better lie here to get out of it. No, it's now I'm being confronted. Yes, I am. And in that in that scenario, because and this is the thing I hear, God's given you a brain, use it right. Uh, so there's the extreme of, I'm going to go put myself in a position where I'm going to get killed. That's not what this is talking about. Uh, but this is saying, because uh, you have in this passage, go out and, and heal and, and teach these things, and they're going to hate the things that you're teaching. But then the last imperative he gives them is, if they're not going to listen, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next town. It's not, well, you stay there and you keep going and going and going mm-hmm. until they kill you. It's, you know, if, if people aren't being receptive, you go on to the next place. Uh, and so there's there's a wisdom involved in all of this stuff. Yeah. And, um, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, I think it's with, with that one thing that I wanted to say is, you know, it's important. Sometimes I mentioned, you know, you can have a, a, a healthy fear where you, as kind of, you put it, you, you use your brain. I mean, you're, you're not intentionally, um, going and putting yourself in, in situations that you don't, you don't have to be in. But, um, on, on the flip side, you, your your faith has to come before your fear, as you mentioned. But also, the you can't let fear. I, I think the biggest thing to me is that you can't let fear rule your your life. You can't yeah. let it uh, cause you. Uh, you can't let it uh, debilitate you. You can't let it uh, control everything uh, that you do. God. Our reliance on God and our faith in God should be what what rules our life. We may have a little bit of fear that keeps us honest, if if you will, keeps us um, con- 
concern to an extent, but it doesn't it doesn't rule us. It's not the first thing we think about. It's not the defining factor. That is our our faith in God, where we understand that no matter what what comes our our way, what may happen to us, the important thing is that we are in in Christ. We are in the the family of God, and that's what rules us. And secondary to that, there may we have concerns about things here and there, but they don't trump what uh, we have in Christ. Yeah. Well, and even in this passage, you're talking about faith, but I mean, the phrase Christ uses, don't fear the people, fear God instead, mm-hmm. uh, because God is capable of so much more. And that faith is included in that. It's it's implied in that because you're afraid of God because of what he is capable of, because you believe that he can do these things that are far greater than the people that you're dealing with. But we saw this with the election. Fear if Trump wins. Fear if Hillary is going to win. What's going to happen to Christians? What's going to happen to, you know, if Trump wins, what's going to happen to those who are homosexual and whatever? Uh, fear that if we, let these, if we let these refugees in, this is what's going to happen. Fear if, and in all those situations, those of us who are Christians, it, it makes sense when the world is afraid constantly of everything because that's all they have is people, mm-hmm. just other people. But Christians have God. They have a knowledge of him. They have a relationship with him, hopefully. Uh, and and we fear and believe him uh, so much so that, yes, while the healthy fear is still there, we're not consumed by it because we know, no matter what, God's got us. God has the plan. God has mm-hmm. the power. God has all these things to make sure that Christians are going to be delivered. And that deliverance may come through death. You know, we might... There, that healthy fear might be justified. We get killed. God's going to deliver us by taking us home. Or yeah. it could be that Christians are persecuted. God, God could deliver us through keeping us alive to spread the word and and to keep going. That is our show uh, today. Uh, I don't know how you feel about and and let me let me pose this to the people who are listening. What do you think we ought to do? What what is the right amount of fear? to live with as a Christian? Uh, what is too much fear? What's not enough fear? What, what's the right amount? Uh, and let us know uh, not only that the answer to that question, but also how, how, much, how much does our faith trump? Let's put it that way. Uh, because we did talk about this idea of uh, using you need to have wisdom in all of this, and there are some who will go to extremes to say, and and we're saying it, it's extreme. Maybe we're wrong. You know, point that out to us. Uh, but there may be some people who say, uh, if you're uh, that because we have faith, I'm going to go do any. I'm going to go run up to the emperor and tell him I'm a Christian. Okay, how much how much of that is too far? What do you think is wise? Uh, and and practically speaking, today, uh, what kind of things? Ought we be afraid of, uh, and, and how does our faith win out over those things? So you tell us in the comments or email us at uh, thetrendpod at gmail.com what you think is a healthy amount of fear versus too much fear, uh, what, what our faith should trump over uh, in today's society, and let us know what you think about the show as well, what things you'd like for us to talk about. There are a number of things trending uh, each week, and we'd be ha- happy to cover any of them. I know that we miss a lot of stuff, so uh, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. We'd be happy to cover that. Uh, this is the show. Thanks for listening.